three, two, one. Hello, guys, and welcome to the absolutely fucked on a Sunday night chat. Chikoo! Well, I'm not fucked. Ah, At least not yet. So I was telling you previously about mm-hmm. what a MacGuffin is. Yeah, sounds like a fish that you get. At, yeah. Uh, so like, um, what was the thing? It was a bag someone was talking about. It was in like a piano video, video we were watching, and then this uh, one of our audience members, because mm-hmm. the other ones are demons. We only have one today, actually. Yeah. Uh, she was asking, "What is?" The bag for there's a bag in a music video that was supposedly yeah. bringing this story along, but you're like, yeah. what's in the bag? And I was like, it's a MacGuffin, and someone was like, what's a MacGuffin? And then I tried to explain. So like, a MacGuffin is an object, device, or event that is necessary to the plot and the motivation of the characters, but insignificant, unimportant, or irrelevant in itself. So for example, um, you know. The MacGuffin technique is common in films, especially mm-hmm. like, you know, fantasy thrillers and whatnot. I have one that I just thought of, actually. Uh-huh. Do you know, uh, what, what's the guy's name again? I'm not talking about Sp- Steven Spielberg. This old producer, Quentin Tarantino. Quentin Tarantino. His movies have this MacGuffin, which is like a bag that people keep staring at. It's like a mystery briefcase that shines mm, on people. Yeah. And it's like, what is this? And yeah. then they never show what it is. But exactly. it helps move the plot along. Exactly. So, like, like usually watched, the MacGuffin um, is... Uh-huh. What's this movie called? Pulp Fiction. Pulp Fiction. Yeah. Pulp Fiction, sorry. They never show yeah. you the, the what's in the bag. Yeah, exactly. So usually the MacGuffin is revealed in the first act and thereafter declines in importance. And it can reappear at the climax of the story, but may actually be forgotten by the end of the story. So, for example, in Arthurian legend, like as in King Arthur, the Holy Grail mm-hmm. is an example of a MacGuffin. Because it's the desired object that King Arthur and his round table are trying to get, like the Knights of whatever the The Knights fuck. of the Round Table. The Knights Instead of the of Round Table, right? But we never, sound cool never actually see the Holy Grail in any of the King Arthur, you know, Interesting. M- movies or stories at the beginning. The most memorable thing from King Arthur is actually Excalibur. Excalibur, the sword. And I wasn't even part of it. But if you think about what things do you like, mean? you know, if you think about things like it wasn't the Holy Grail. If you think about things like Excalibur, you always have to ask yourself, who put that sword there just for the sake? Like, yo, I just want some nigga try and pull this out. I mean, pull out. But maybe can it, you pull out? <laughs> maybe it was something like you know, archaeologists archaeologists will find a lot of weird shit yeah. in the future. Yeah. Like, let's say it was the demonstrations mandamano. Someone was throwing a rock, and then it broke. I don't know someone's skull. And then they end up dying there or something getting buried under a la- landfill. They'll be like, hmm. this was a prehistoric human. His brain had not fully developed. Imagine how much things, how many things, how many, I was going to say how much shit. How many things archaeologists get wrong just because they assume, like, these people had small heads. No, maybe their heads hmm. shrank when they died. I've seen something like this where they take, for example, the um, skull of a hippopotamus. Why? And they're like this, no, 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 because like it actually has a pretty weird looking skull. Okay. So, hippopotamus, like if it opens my, it looks like it's smiling and has like these two long these teeth, two which are actually tusks mm. growing off of his jaw. So they take, and then it also has like really two really large lower teeth. Mm. So they take the skull of a hippopotamus, like this is how aliens would reconstruct this, and then they show like the facial ah. makeup, the reconstruction, like it looks like a fucking monster. But like wow. the actual animal is just a hippopotamus, which if you look at it, it looks like a, almost like a teddy bear. It's yeah. just smiling and stuff. So like, imagine if archaeologists found some of our artifacts, like iPods and earphones and and some other random stuff, and they'd be like, "Oh, we we 
we theorized that humans use these as like little portable mirrors exactly or but exactly. like they were smartphones they were helping us connect with each other that leads to the question how how true to life or how accurate is history you can never know even it, the history it's of hard our, to tell the history of our universe it's all just like what what was the word i was gonna say is like is it recessive or something um they call it what, carbon dating, but it's looking back at history through assumption. Mm. Mm. You can say this one was formed because of A, B, C, D, but really you're just making an assumption. Right. I mean, there's a fair amount of assumptions definitely in history, but I don't think like carbon dating is one of them because the idea behind carbon dating is like we use radioactivity to determine, for example, how long something has been around. Simply because, like, something is supposed to release a certain amount of, like, radioactivity in a certain period of time. And that's what we call the half-life. Mm. So, like, if you release, like, you know, to pick a random term, you know, this is just bullshit, but, like, follow me here. Like, 20 kilograms of radioactivity or whatever. Mm. It would take you, like, 10 million years. But so, that's your half-life, but right? But here's the thing. There might be events that happen, maybe a radioactive explosion somewhere that maybe makes this thing emit more. Emit more. No, of course that's yeah. possible entirely, but then we do go by like what is most likely, mm. you get. So, um, I mean, it's entirely possible that we're going off of flawed evidence, but as far as measuring history via radioactivity, like the half-life of different things like carbon dating or whatever else dating... What we're doing is actually pretty accurate on the list of like the most accurate methods we have for measuring history. Mm. And it, it works pretty well. For starters, like if you go by the Bible definition, we've been around for like 6,000 years or something. Why like does that. it never change? Every, every person always says 6,000 years. It should be 6,002 by this point. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like, yo, bro, I Why is it always counting exact? the years since... But, like, if you go by, like, actual carbon dating, the Earth is, like, you know, and, and, and other kinds of dating, because, like, there's so many radioactive chemicals you What use. about speed dating? Or speed dating, even. Yeah. The Earth is, you know, quite fastly, <laughs> like, 4.5 billion years, which means that either the Bible is wrong or we've, we've been using wrong data, which is, the latter is highly unlikely. Yeah, the Bible is definitely wrong because it was written by someone who... Same thing with uh, the scientists. I mean, mm -hmm. he came after that. Like, the, where, where did the paper come from? Yeah. Before he wrote the Bible saying the world is 6,000 years old. I yeah. mean, there was people, there's your dad who came before you. Yeah, exactly. So um, I would say that as far as that's concerned, that, you know, we do have some pretty accurate ways of measuring. But also, mm. we have some ways where we're like, we're doing a lot of guesswork. Like archaeology is, a lot of it is like, taking evidence, pieces of evidence from the past and trying to reconstruct them as best you can. What I can appreciate... And you may be wrong. What I can pre and appreciate, though, is something that's uh, taking shape as the years go by. Mm -hmm. It's called LiDAR. You know about LiDAR technology? It's, it's about light. It's yeah. Radar would be used of radio waves. So LiDAR is to about the use of light. Subterraneously to find buried cities and things like that yeah and build a 3d model and around that. also to help self-driving cars sense the environment around them like tesla cars use lidar interesting to see the environment that's quite interesting mm -hmm. but back to uh the MacGuffin and radioactivity mm -hmm. we have well this is kind of like a radio station yeah we have been uh growing steadily but we notice it's been a bit slow we've seen a lot of radioactivity on our Instagram, yeah. tech, uh, TikTok, and, and YouTube. 
I, I feel like it slowed down a bit, but you know, I, I, I feel like what happened is that when we were starting out, there was just viral growth that we probably thought that was normal. Mm -hmm. So now we're shocked at the slowest pace, but it's probably normal. But we're taking, uh, we're now taking user, I don't know, user generated topics for discussion. Mm -hmm. And we want you to get, we want you guys to keep submitting those. Like in the last episode, we did a whole Instagram live. Yeah. So, yeah. Drink Shack today. What are we drinking today? We are taking whiskey. Wait. And this is Jack Daniels. We're drinking from another man's name. Sounds Sour like mash whiskey. Jack Daniels um, probably has the most bland packaging I've ever seen ever. It looks it's just a bottle. It looks cheaply American, but it's not cheap, is it? Like, it's one of the more It's expensive. pretty expensive. It's like 2,000 or 3,000. Sorry, 3,000 shillings. That's fair. So, so it this is, is Jack uh, Daniels. Um, it's a sour mash whiskey. What is that? What is? I think mash means we're made from mashed potatoes. Because whiskey. No, is, not mashed potatoes. It's made from grains. It has to be some kind of grain. Is there something about Lynchburg, Tennessee? The history of it. Lynchburg probably was a place yeah. that slaves I told lynched. you about lynching did, and Lynchburg. Yeah. So Jack Daniel shows a well-considered recipe of eighty percent corn, twelve percent barley. And eight percent rye that we still use today. So that that's that's how Jack Daniels is made. Basically, mm. yeah, it's just a bunch of cereals, right? Mm. Um, of course, it's a Tennessee whiskey. Tennessee, Tennessee whiskey. Sorry, mm. um, I don't know what a what a Tennessee whiskey is. It's, it's a whiskey check. from Tennessee, the state. I know that, but there must be something so interesting there was a joke that about they would Tennessee. name whiskey after that. So Tennessee whiskey is straight whiskey produced in the U.S. state of Tennessee, although it's been legally defined as a bourbon whiskey in some international trade agreements. So apparently, it's just a spirit manufactured in Tennessee. You might yeah. you might actually be right. What the fuck? There was, there was a pickup line about Tennessee. I did not expect that Tennessee. to be I'm, that simple. You I know? remember there's a pickup line with Tennessee. It's uh -huh. like... Well, it only works in America. Are you from Tennessee? Because you're, you're the, the only, only ten I see, and it's then very that's how it. We should probably review dad jokes you again. <laughs> at some point. It's like fuck you. Like, where did you get Who? that from? Yeah, that's some seriously backward shit. So, what do you think about whiskey? Whiskey is because, like, we've talked a lot about whiskey gin. is risky. We've talked about um um beer. Where, where can I get a shot? We've talked about rum. No, this is for you actually. Oh, thanks. I put it in here for you, and we also have tumblers over there. Um. And we've talked about like a lot of things, but whiskey is something we haven't yet explored properly. So what do you think about, like, what's the aroma like of Jack Daniels? It smells quite nice. I think whiskey is a lot smoother than gin. Um, maybe a little less. Oh, it's a lot smoother than It's also more well. popular in movies. Like, so For some like reason. It some people like... taking whiskey in an office before closing some business deal or something. Like, it's associated with serious businessmen for some weird reason. And yet... It's probably gonna get you very unserious after a while. Yeah, if you drink whiskey, you're not likely to make whiskey some of the best business decisions. Whiskey feels like your old man's drink. I don't know why. Maybe yeah. it's the color. It and even the packaging, whatever. It just. Looks I've heard old. it nicknamed Devil's Piss. Cause is that what it's called? Yeah, like because the heard whole of, brown. Have you ever heard of whiskey dick? When you can't, like your dick won't get hard because of whiskey. Because yeah, because you drank. There's no gin. I don't know. There's no gin dick. But it doesn't Kunyagi dick. Kunyagi dick. Kunyagi dick. Kunyagi dick is probably big. super strong. You'll be like this. You're like, yeah, I'm in. Hey, brother, it's like, Kazi. It's like, like you go, I always you go said from Kunyagi, Django. I always sound, said Kunyagi sounds like an ancient traditional sex practice. That's kind of related. <laughs> loosely related to FGM. <laughs> the spirit of Africa. Maybe this guy, this guy in, the, in the logo is lifting his hands up because he's getting his dick circumcised. Like, or something, oh, or it's a woman. 
Konyang. It's a woman who shaved her hair because oh you don't God. like it. Yeah, I mean, FGM goes with a bald head. <laughs> okay. Now you know you're on Think Shack. Now no, you know you're on Think Shack. No, they don't no, come No, but like, let's just acknowledge that. I'll never <laughs> think about this the same way again. It is Every true, time though. someone mentions FGM, I'll be like, Tell if I knew a cognac. Yeah. Like, it's going to be a thing for me now. I'm going to be associating it with that. That's the problem. This is going to be another short about Konyagi. <laughs> Konyagi, if you hear this, find us. We're, we're, we're keen to work with you. <coughs> we're Konyagi sauce. I like the smell. Let me try and describe it. How does it smell? Funny thing is, it's almost as if I've not smelled that many things in my life because there's always these familiar things you refer mm. to. And otherwise, if you haven't smelled a lot of things, a lot of things sound foreign. But I've smelled a lot of things in Gidurai, not pleasant ones. Really? Yeah, githurai smells bad. It's like a border when you enter githurai. is a cocktail. Yep. <laughs> it's a cocktail. It's Both a... olfactorily. It's an unwashed cocktail. And also visually. An unwashed Because cock. like... <laughs> tail. Like yeah. because visually when you go to githurai and you look around, it's like... Githurai is a perfect fucking oxymoron. You've got like some really rich people living there and some really poor people. Are there rich people living in Gidurai? Oh, you would be surprised. The amount of money that goes into circulation, not to mention that a lot of the residents are the ones running businesses in places like Gikomba. You know? And Gikomba has... Gikomba sees so much money. Like billions in a day. Guys, we're thinking about doing interviews with uh, people you would never really see on the mainstream. Mm -hmm. Like people who do Mamamboga... Yeah. People who do shoe shining and stuff like that. I got, my, I got my, my barber to agree to an interview. That's amazing. We could start with him. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Let's just do let's do an interview with a barber and just see what it's like to be a barber in Kenya. What what you would take to start a barber. I would love business. it if we could uh, mix those two, like mix that one with uh what are they called again? Esthetician or something. The people who do waxing. So because it's different types uh, of hair. Yeah. Yeah. You can ask them what. And they can tell you stories because, like, waxing sometimes comes with happy endings because it's just a personal thing. Yeah. If you're waxing a guy and you're a woman, chances are after you're done, he'd be like, Am I going to get a happy ending? I imagine most guys would only go to get a wax for happy endings. Like, why would you take your dick out in front of people? There's a whole industry. Let's not. I don't know if we should talk about it because I don't want to be the guy that. You know, like like raises the alarm on that because you know. Like, I mean, people awesome. know about it. But like like the massage industry in Kenya, where like we have like massage parlors being blatantly advertised on roundabouts, sexy women in short phones, skirts, and, and you go there, and it's not just the massage you're getting; you're getting a lot more. If you've never been there, uh, here's what happens, and that's just the first sign that shows you. And this is open. like we did this for research purposes. Of we're not into this shit. It was at a very all. long time like, ago. Why? Before why we, would he be into massages? It was a long time ago. Before we knew Jesus Christ. Yeah. So, <laughs> our Lord and Savior. So, what happens is they will have the women catwalk one by one. They'll take In you to a room. You, yeah. They'll take you to a room and you'll sit there on the bed. First of all, you're supposed to be waiting for a massage. Mm-hmm. You're not supposed to be in a king size bed with mm-hmm. this large room and whatever. Mm-hmm. So, I'm they'll definitely have, not smoking right now. They'll definitely. <laughs> they'll, they'll, they'll have them walk and then introduce themselves. I'm so and so. I'm so and so. At that point, you should already know by the way they're dressed and the fact that they're walking one by they're one. They're here to fuck! Building their intrigue, like with the catwalk, mm-hmm. with the heels you hear, because the house is super quiet. I don't mm-hmm. know what they do. It's like they tell them, shut up, someone is in here. But you never yourself. hear other people, uh, other people fucking. So from that moment, that's when you know 
you I mean, like you're they're literally being paraded in front of you like wares at a, a shop or a market it's, it's pretty like, obvious though it's like you you're picking vegetables or something so you're like oh i like her hips i like her boobs like i have never seen greater objectification than a in, in a, yeah like it's so convenient for a guy i'm sorry to say this is so convenient for a man like oh you have to just like pick oh yeah i like her hips it had tits, and you can even have like two or three at the same time. So if they all have individually the features you like, but collect, like like no one person has all the features you like, just pick all of them. Just pick all- <laughs> have one massage your foot, the other one will massage your face. Depending on your fetishes, you yeah. know. But anyway, so some of the topics we're supposed to talk about today um, are pretty interesting. So there's this woman who was hammering her pregnant trying to, womb, trying to commit trying to- an abortion. Wow. And well, I mean, it's going to work one way or the other. Well, well here's the thing. Here's the question. Can a blow to the stomach cause a miscarriage? And this is a Google search you can do If that child now. survives, he won't be called Ken Odundo. He'll be Ken Onyundo. Probably <laughs> 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 have a bump in the middle of his head. Nini! I bet you there's a Ken Onyundo. 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 I've been surviving before I was even born. And he would actually mean it. But the answer is a blow, <laughs> a blow to the stomach cannot cause Kenyon Yundo's miscarriage. Hmm. Some abdominal contact is inevitable and typically wait, 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 harmless wait. during pregnancy. Could you rewind and say that again? You're telling me a blow to the stomach cannot cause a, a misconception? No, the answer is almost always no. So what How, the answer what is, it it's really not likely to cause it, but there are exceptions. But the exceptions are extreme and mm. rare. But because I've, I've heard about women who fall down the stairs, obviously that's a blow to the stomach or multiple. That's a blows. terrible blow to the stomach. But not like a hammer. Hammer is direct. No, but then here's the thing, right? When you're hammering yourself, the two things. Well, as first, I do on Tuesdays. Yeah. Uh, first of all, <laughs> first you get hammered, then you get nailed. Yeah. But well, anyway, well, well. <laughs> as long as you're not at a church. As long as you're not with a priest. Drinking... Uh, you don't want to get uh, nailed by a priest. What is called again? The altar wine. The altar wine. The altar getting wine, getting hammered yeah. and then getting nailed. First you get hammered, then you get nailed. By Father Francis. Well, here's the first <laughs> thing. <laughs> here's the first thing, right? Mm-hmm. Like, a woman who's pregnant, like, 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 just because of his general makeup, there's lots of cushioning mm. in, the, in the womb because of the makeup of the womb. Because the stomach gets really big and but the baby's small. also... No matter how fucking suicidal you are, there is a limit to how hard you can hit yourself. Yeah, you can't choke yourself out. By the way, you your brain wants to live. It's not. It's self-preserving. So you're not gonna hit yourself as hard as if someone else hits you. The proof is, I mean, if you try and choke yourself unconscious, you can't yeah. do it. Like you just can't do it. It's weird. Right. Exactly. Like with your own hands, no. Exactly. Or you can't hold your breath till you die. Exactly. Like, you know, like Everybody, your brain is just going to kick in. And like, then no, also there's bitch, the, I want to survive. Fuck a, you. There's a logistics issue. How do you hit yourself hard in the stomach? Like you can only swing your, your hand that much. Mm-hmm. Like it's not a good angle, especially when you're this fat. Like you're basically just knocking. Yeah. So the question here is like, I mean, first of all, first of whole, all, who had sex with a woman that stupid? Number one. That, that's what I was going to say. First of all, there's a whole dumb woman alert. Like, mm. you sh- did you not research this? But also second, like, is there something deeper here? Is there, is there a weird trend, like... Of mental illness or what? In the country. Yeah, of mothers. 
maybe it's that it was whole... the mother who ate her child's intestines or whatever the fuck. There's the, I think it's, I imagine there's a part of it that's postpartum depression, which is a serious thing that's not really. It's only just starting to get recognition. Postpartum again. depression that definitely exactly. needs to, a treatment, like 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 not a treatment in terms of like fixing, but like someone to talk about. One it. of my biggest fears in life is actually post my my wife getting postpartum depression because like you can't predict it. You can't predict. They it. might. Kill your children, drown them in the bathtub. Well, you didn't have to get that specific, but they might. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, like, a lot of women do kill their children. Yeah. Because of postpartum depression. Mm. Um, there was, like, there were, I've heard several stories of, like, a woman who gets, like, a, ch- a child or, like, children, babies, gets depressed <laughs> because, like, the man is almost never there. Uh, always a walking center. And then they just kill the babies and then they commit suicide. Like, this is a theme that Quite occurs. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, in this case, I don't know why the woman was hammering her own stomach. This is an unborn child. I think it's also. But I think it's just psychosis, really. Like it's that. The, like the other lady, I think is just psychosis. The one who was eating the innards. Yeah. yeah. That was crazy, though. Like, what the fuck? She was like, wow. "I, I with the dad." Is that what she said? Yeah, like the dad and I got into a fight. So you what punished the hell him by the... eating your child's and it's like, yo, bro, that's extreme as like, fuck. Bitch, you carried that child for nine months. All the pain was on you. And now look, and you're now going to you're jail. gonna do this. Yeah, exactly. Stab the child repeatedly and then eat his heart or whatever. Shit's like, wild. like that is some crazy shit, you know? I thought she was on drugs. There's gotta be some sociopathy involved. It's mm. not just, you know, we got into a fight or whatever. So we haven't actually uh reviewed the jacket as we continue the story here. I'm Feeling notes of something I can't really explain. It seems a bit spicy. It has a woody aroma. No, no doesn't wood. It? Yeah, it tastes like licking a cork. Yeah, I think I think. Ah, it's... there it is, licking a cork. It tastes like cork mixed with some spice and some acid. Like I think also it's because of the graininess of it. Because like, imagine if you're eating something like like for example, um, beers have a certain like distinct aroma to them that's very different from say gin. And it's because, like, of the barley and mm. the hops, right? Mm. Like, you're like, yeah, this is definitely beer. I imagine because, like, whiskey comes from grains, there's maybe a similar, like, mechanism at play here where we're, like, feeling some of these grains and that's the woody aroma that's coming around. Um, it's just, you know... There's also a smokiness to it. I normally take this like a shot, but today I'm drinking, like, juice, which is very painful. <laughs> right. Because it's, like, right there on the tongue. Do you think whiskey should be taken with chasers? Because uh, most of the time when you see it in a movie, people are drinking it dry. But they only drink like little bits of it. It's funny enough, it's like in movies they don't eat. Like they would give them a whole plate of rice and beans, they would eat one bean. Mm-hmm. That's a waste of food. In Kenya, they even make the ugali. <laughs> like how are you supposed to eat ugali in a classy way? It'd yeah. be interesting to like, try. Like fucking use your hands, bitch. Like if we had a, a, a we were doing video, we could probably mm. do gourmet or like the what, continental style of eating unordinary things like may mm. mindy chomo or something. Mm. How do you do that with a knife and fork? It's probably a way. It's probably a way. Or, I don't know. I imagine the European settlers in the various yeah. countries would have devised a way. Probably. So what did you think of the, da- bit the, of the Jack Daniels? bit of a colonial... I think it's okay. I'm still not sure what all the hype is. Because Jack Daniels hyped a lot. Like, and I just name. think it's okay. It's just a name. It's because it's American. You know? Right. As long as it's from America, from I don't know where, people assume it's classy. And because mm. it tends to cost more like in, in clubs. Because of, of the fact that it's imported. Really, that's all there is to it. That's all there is to it. But is there any local whiskey that's good? I've had best, which is actually the worst thing I've ever put in my mouth. How did it taste? Even outside of drinks, it's the worst thing I've ever put in my. It tasted horrible. 
Like literally tasted the wow. worst. I took it to some. I was gonna see a friend, so I took it to to her and her neighbors. Mm-hmm. And then her neighbors are heavy drinkers, so I thought even if we think it's shit, they're gonna drink it. They can drink anything. Mm-hmm. They were like, "Bro, what the hell is this? This is disgusting. This is disgusting. Like, where did you get this? Why would you bring this to us? Do you not well, like I us? Imagine they've tried Chang'e, but <laughs> that was the the the, jo- the way they, they drink. Like, yeah, this is like yeah, we can't try this. I think the thing that Kenya knows how to make is probably beer. Mm-hmm. Apart from that, really, spirits. and also local liquor, like what? Like Kenya cane, Muratina. Muratina is liquor is beer. It's not, but it's not made from like Bali. It's made from like the fruit, the fruit thing. And for example, Mvinho in 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 the coast is made from coconut. Or for example, like like Busa and whatnot. Like these things are made from like random things that are not grains or cereals. We're yawning so much. You think on mushrooms. Yeah, I know. The but it's a weird thing about mushrooms makes you yawn so much. Yeah. Okay, so let's talk about the economics of African relationships. So like mm-hmm. this guy um called um TR Okuna on Twitter posted like a long tweet thread on the economics of African relationships and he produced some interesting points, right? Mm-hmm. So like um of course, you know, it's up for debate and that's the whole point. So like number one was women marry comfort. Men marry what challenges them. Mm. Thus, men look for women to make happy, and women look for men that make them happy. What does that statement mean? What challenges them? You want Unfortunately, a hard to get both are subject to the law of diminishing returns, hence the thawing in marriage. What he's saying is, like, um, women marry comfort, men marry what challenges them. Like, men look for a woman that's not so easy to get. Do they? I mean, it's the lowest hanging fruit. Why would you want to go? There's this myth. I feel mm. like it's become it's become a myth, like mm. a very pervasive myth that always oh, the the chase and everything. But men want easy women all the time. Why are you texting that girl to come over to your place? Would you if date you want something an easy woman though? I mean, if it was convenient. Convenient in what sense? In any sense that was convenient to me. I mean, I, there's, there's so many definitions. It's so broad. Mm. But let's say if I didn't want to take her out for a date. I didn't want to spend money on her. If I was in that space where I'm not financially stable mm. or I'm not ready to emotionally invest, mm. I would. Why not? And I feel like that's how most men uh, choose women actually nowadays. Because if you think about it, the approaches, women are always complaining about, nowadays there's no gentlemen. Everybody just wants something easy. If there were men who were looking for something worth chasing, then right. you wouldn't hear those complaints. So it's more like, uh, what is that thing? The It's like... Uh, I think that's it's like a man, the Mandela effect or something. A lot of people right. believe it to be true, right? But it's, but it's really actually not, not true. Mm. Well, here's the thing: I personally believe that, um, or at least this is like a personal perspective, um, based off of like what I would do, is I think that generally, when a man is dating a woman, he wants a woman that first of all no other man can have, you know, because that makes her all the more valuable to him. And then second of all, a woman that he feels is entertaining. And when I say entertaining, I mean like like you can he can talk to her about whatever the fuck interests him. Like he had, there's a good vibe. So for example, if you like an intelligent woman, you want a good conversationalist who you can talk about like any topic with, right? Um as opposed to a woman who's just like a a bimbo, like a beautiful bimbo. But then that's the thing is that what you're really looking for is the challenge where this woman isn't the typical woman I'm used to. It's a woman that forces me to, like, try a little harder. But there's a kink in your argument. Uh-huh. You're saying 
he wants a man, a woman that he can talk to. Uh-huh. Is that really challenging him or accommodating him? Um, challenging would, would mean I need to learn this woman and then get to know what she likes and then mold myself to that. But mm. if it's like fitting all his, uh, ticking all the bo- all his boxes, that's not really challenging. That's just finding the one that's accommodating. Okay, I see your point, but then I'm going to raise you and say that, but then don't we have a lot of men who are going for the women where they feel like they have to put in extra effort to win her? Like, have you ever done that? Not yeah, I think every not guy is... simping, though. No, but sure enough, but, like, simping is when you, like, embarrass yourself or, like, like go out of your way to make huge sacrifices for a woman. But, like, in terms of, like, the chase, like, flirting and following up and, and, you know, like, trying to keep, stay on top of a woman's mind in order to win her heart, that whole chase thing that a lot of men do, isn't that the whole challenge thing? Because, like, men are more likely to start chasing a woman if they feel like there's a certain sort of unattainability to her. In my perspective, or my experience, in my opinion, so this is anecdotal, Mm-hmm. I find that that trend is really dying down. Mm-hmm. Nowadays, people don't necessarily court. They just find... Even for you, for example, you mm-hmm. won't approach a woman unless you see that she likes you in a way, right? Mm-hmm. You're not going out into the wilderness saying, I'm going to find a mate. Mm-hmm. And then you start courting her, chasing yeah. her around with a spear, yeah. like trying to win her affection. Yeah, I don't remember exactly. the last time. Personally, I don't remember the last time I did that. Mm-hmm. You try and find like a common ground. And then you build from that, like at least a friendship and things like that. Mm-hmm. But I don't see a lot of people doing chasing, even simping. As you said, it was supposed to be mm-hmm. going out of here, making huge sacrifices for no reason. But nowadays, even just buying flowers is considered simping. Yeah, it's become a bit extremist. <laughs> yeah. Like the, the definition of, of simping has just like fucking broadened over the past few years. But anyway, let's leave number it, two. Let's leave that as like a hanging, you know, like thing. Mm-hmm. If anyone wants to contribute to it in the comments, you know, be feel free. Number two, he said, is that your African woman's conception of love is an economic function, unless she is wealthy or white. There are certainly yeah. secondary factors, but the primary one is security. It's the heritage of struggle slash survival. Majority of Africa is still at level one of Maslow's hierarchy of needs. This is what I understand him to be meaning, is that um, for a woman to love you in African society, she has to perceive that you can offer her security mm. first. Mm. Like he has enough money or he can take care of my kids, blah, blah, blah. And then from there, only then is it possible to sow the seed of love, right? And what he's saying is that this is like a function of poverty. of poverty and the African condition because a lot of Africans are at level one of Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Maslow's hierarchy of needs, I think level one is just like food and shelter. Food survival, that kind yeah, of Yeah, like basic shit for The highest survival. level is like self-actualization or something like yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. But we're nowhere near self-actualization for most of us. But if you think about it, even I don't think it's necessarily true mm-hmm. because even... Higher value women, higher value in quotes, because mm-hmm. this is all monetary. Mm-hmm. It's more to a human being than how much they make. But even higher value women tend to look for uh, higher men, value higher than value them men. men. Exactly. Yeah. It's a weird thing. I think it's a universal thing. Mm-hmm. But it definitely stands to reason because African women are trying to get out of poverty. Now, nowadays, you see a lot of young women joining OnlyFans, Chatterbait, things like that. Mm-hmm. And those women, you give them a chance at become such dating. a friend, though. Yeah, you give them a chance at dating a, a what a mubaba, what they call yeah. them in, in Kenya. 
which is just a sugar daddy. Yeah. Of course, they're going to jump at it. Or any just wealthy, any wealthy young man they see, mm. they're looking at how they're going to get out of that miserable state. Exactly. So how can I achieve financial security and freedom? You know, definitely it's by dating the right guy. And if you disagree with us, you can comment in the, in the you can put your comment down in the comment section. Hate on us. Yeah. Let's start an argument, or not not an argument, but a debate. A I think debate. It's, it's yeah. Good to hear what people think. So number three is this: both wealthy and poor men cheat. Oh, it's gonna be <laughs> an interesting one. So his cheating has no bearing on his love for his woman. Cheating isn't a function of love; it is a function of discipline. African men's discipline is directly proportional to the consequences. He was a good child because he feared caning. And so here's what he's saying is that a man's, a, an African man's tendency to cheat, um, and I would like hazard to generalize this to all men, uh, the tendency to cheat is, does not mean that he doesn't love you anymore just because you went and fucked another woman. It means that he probably, his discipline failed him. Like, mm. like he just couldn't control himself. Yeah. And um, the whole thing about discipline is that because he doesn't think the consequences are that great. Mm. Like when he was in school, he would do his homework because he didn't want to be cane. Yeah. Here he's like, I can cheat and she's still going to forgive me and take me back. I mean, I mean, it's a whole other topic. But more importantly, what I really want us to like explore here is the claim that all men cheat. Mm. Do you think that's true? Well, personally, I don't cheat. Just to put that out there to whoever might be lis- listening. And Ramsey doesn't cheat either. Mm. So that technically rules out all men. I mean, I cheated. All men outside of all men outside of Big Shack cheat. I cheated in Monopoly sometimes. <laughs> but there is this tendency to believe that. And I don't know why. I think the more it, it's accepted, the more it will it will it just become the right. It's like a self-fulfilling prophecy. Right, exactly. In a way. I mean, there, there's that saying. So Do you think like a man's predisposition is to cheat though? Like like men are just wired to want to sample different women, different pussy, right? Even though they might love one woman and they want this woman for the rest of their lives, mm. they'll still want to like like touching things out there, you know? Yeah. Do you think like it's in our genes? Or do you think that this is just like something we do because of a lack of direction or maturity or whatever the else one else one wants to plaster upon us, mm. you know? And that you know, if you really love someone, you shouldn't cheat on them. I mean, you know, the other side of the argument is that me cheating on you has no bearing on my love for you. Mm. And that's the main argument here: is that when a man cheats on you, it's it just doesn't mean he doesn't argument, love you. I've gotten this uh, statement quite a bit. Like, uh, say for a woman to have sex with you, she has to be emotionally engaged with you. Mm-hmm. Whereas it's not the same for men. Mm-hmm. To a certain extent, I believe it might be true. And that's why they uh, separate the cheating from the mm-hmm. uh, lack of love. Mm-hmm. So I guess there is some merit to that argument. But all men don't cheat. You stand up for the... Not emotion. all men cheat, yeah. Yeah. Um, I would argue, you know, slightly just that... that um, just because like women approach relationships a certain way doesn't mean that men approach relationships the same way. Like in what you know, way? women are from Venus, men are from Mars. Like for a man, sex is not tied to love. Like sex is so important. That's why men can have one night stands and never feel connected emotional to the people. Mm. But for a woman, a lot of women, sex and emotions are connected. So for a woman it's much harder to have, for example, a friend with benefits. 
they're more likely to fall in mm. love with this friend. Okay. They're more likely to want to date their one-night stands and whatnot. Interesting. And therefore, if only women could get out of their heads for a moment and see it from the perspective of a man, cheating has no bearing on love because we don't associate sex with emotion as men. It's just in our gender. It's mm. not like you wear, like if a woman cheats on you, like, oh my gosh, she loves that other guy. You know, like yeah. every, this is like common wisdom or something. You start thinking, what did like, I do wrong? Yeah, exactly. Like but if that. a man cheats on you, he's like, no, you're doing everything right, baby. It's just, you know, she has a big ass and I wanted to sample it. Yeah. You know, it's a totally other one. It's like this uh, video we watched where the guy was seeing a bunch of women. You remember the iron underpants? Yeah. Iron underpants. Iron underpants. Iron underpants. If you're old enough to remember this, like this guy was, I don't know, they were having a conversation about abstinence and he went and got some iron underpants made with a a whole padlock and everything. But I I wonder, like they literally had to make that thing because it looked like it was real steel. Yeah. And it looks like it was painful as well. To wear it. Because how, do how you does wear it take it? a Elastic. Because like, no. it has a padlock on it. And but how I does presume it, like, how, it's a lot of work to open how it. How does it hang on though? Because it's, it doesn't have any elastic at the top. It's just iron. It has it to be, be like, tight as custom. hell. Exactly. Yeah. That shit is biting into your skin and shit. We have to have Eli right. make a shirt for this. Just so people remember this. Iron underpants. So number four. Women are more disciplined sexually because of the dire consequences associated with promiscuity. Not just disproportionate social censure, but also pregnancies. Even when they cheat, it is not with men's abandon and not necessarily because they get emotionally attached. So the idea is that women are so much more sexually conservative simply because the consequences of sex are greater for a woman. And that's why they're also choosy with men, mm-hmm. right? So it's like, I'm going to get pregnant. I want a man who can actually take care of that pregnancy. And therefore, she has to like narrow down the pool of potential mates based off of that. I think in Nairobi, most women probably prefer having an STI than having a pregnancy. Exactly. (laughs) They will be more scared of the the pregnancy. It's fun. Like, oh, no, no, no pregnancy. Thank you. And then also just the responsibility. I've heard of some crazy abortions. You know, people use hangers to pull out the baby. I mean, make of that what you spoke about someone trying to use a hammer. But that was an idiot. She just didn't realize Mama, it. Mama, Ke, what was this? Ken Onyundo. Yeah, Ken Onyundo. If there's a Ken Onyundo out there, just comment. Let We're us know. Sorry, man. Like, Sorry about the shape your of your head. Your mother tried to hammer you. That's why you have a, a short forehead. I don't even know. Your, your yeah, forehead goes, she gave is concave. And that's why life has nailed you. Yeah. Oh I mean, God. if you're that... Uh, what, what's the word? If you're that insidious, why don't you just give birth to the baby and throw it away? Well, I'm not exactly. Like, like, hand it over for adoption. Yeah, at well, very least. Well, that's a better way of saying Clearly, it. you're an unfit mother. Yeah. Clearly, you're unfit to be a mother. Unfit to be... Yeah. I don't know, working with hammer. Yeah. That's, that's what like... What the fuck? Trying to throw a rock at a mosquito. Like, it's wrong from so many angles. No, it's just silly as well. Like, a hammer... Yeah. Where did she... She sat down. A grown woman sat down. Like, said, how the fuck do I, I get I know what I'm going to do. She's also a cheapskate because, like... She's also a cheapskate because, like, you know, like, when you want to get an abortion, you want to get an abortion. So you save money, go to a hospital, get a proper abortion. Like, she was like, no, I'm going to save that money. What did she think would happen? hammer my no, stomach. Let's just try to imagine. I'll do this abortion myself. Let's just, let's just humor her, her thinking. What did she think would happen? Like, you squish the baby and then what? You pulverize them till your stomach goes flat? And then you shit them out. You would still somehow. have to ev- evict the baby, which is like a dead fetus at that point. Yeah, it's like <laughs> basically vomit. She really didn't think, th- think things through. I'm so sorry um, to anyone who has to watch this. I'd just like to point out this isn't representative of Kenya. Yeah. Yeah. This is not how we do things. are a lot smarter as a people with it. But anyway, number five. 
Um, cheating is only an issue in the middle class and lower class segments. The woman married to the wealthy man cares more for who he cheated with. Was she a low life? So her concern for your cheating is directly proportional to her material contribution to the household. Basically, if you are a rich man and you have a woman who is like basically entirely dependent on you, um, cheating becomes less severe of a crime simply because for her what matters most is who did you cheat with mm. rather than did you cheat. Who did you fuck? Ding, ding, ding. This There's goes back to the whole that. topic where we're like, are rich men cheated on more? Maybe the alternative is like, hey, it's not that rich men are cheated on more. Rich men have more options, obviously. Um, no, but there, so now bit, their women have to accommodate them. There's an interesting video I saw that explaining why rich men are more likely to be cheated on. Mm-hmm. It's because when you, I guess, you climb the ladder of success, mm-hmm. you become used to hearing people telling you yes. You're used to having things your way. And then a relationship is different because you have to compromise. Right. So they don't give the woman her emotional le- or satisfy her emotional needs. Mm-hmm. So she's more likely to look for that elsewhere because this guy is not used to functioning in that kind of way. Mm-hmm. That's the justification I got. I thought it was quite logical. So basically rich guys were still simps. Like they never took the red pill. These are the oh, ones that are yeah. getting cheated on the exactly. most. The nice guys. Mm. Okay. Let's go on to number six. So with negligible exceptions, a wealthy African man will abuse you emotionally or physically he will make up for it with intermittent crumbs of kindness. It does not stop as he can get away with it. And his woman will learn to live with it. This sounds oddly can't. specific. This guy is talking about someone who did something to his sister or something. Like, he will abuse you for sure. And then he's like, uh, what he says, he gets very specific. Mm-hmm. Repeat that again. Like, um, uh, with negligible exceptions, a wealthy African man will abuse you emotionally and physically. He will make up for it with an intermittent yeah, crumbs that of kindness. Personal. Yeah, it's like, right. oh, he used to just break, buy me shoes and things like that. Yeah, exactly. It's like, I'm going to rape you and then buy your car or whatever. You know, if people, use, as it if sounds, people ever crop our voices out, we could be made to say some crazy things. If they cut out that statement. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They'll put, I'm Ramsey. I'm going to rape you until... <laughs> You will start a whole propaganda campaign against Think Shack if you take our eyes, right. our voices, and splice them with AI. So number seven, a poor African woman will seldom leave a wealthy man. She'll share him with other women knowingly. She's staying for the guarantees of wealth. The wealthy woman would could leave, but she stays for the power slash social adulation. So everyone, like every woman, mostly finds it hard to leave her husband either because they're stuck to the money and the lifestyle or because they're stuck to like the social respect that comes with say being the wife of an MP or a president or former president or something mm. like that. What do you think? Well, I'm not so sure if I have a strong opinion on that. Mm-hmm. I tend to agree. Really? Yeah. Do you think there are um, ever situations where, like, a woman is purely about love? Like, this guy is my best friend. You know, like, the whole romanticized vision of love we see? Do you think that's a real thing? Or, like, have we just, like, over-romanticized women? It is there, but then I guess it depends on your situation, as it said in the previous point. Because if a woman is in a position where she's stable, she doesn't Mm -hmm. have to rely on anyone to do her own things. Then she's looking for more than money. There's women who are there who just look for things that money can't buy you. Right. Genuine affection, attention, things like that. Feeling appreciated. Right. So it all depends on 
what is first, well, what comes first in her life? Like, right. what is the immediate priority? Right. If exactly. her immediate priority is paying rent, she's not going to care about how nice you are. Right. But if she can pay her own rent, she's going to start looking for other things. Like, yeah. are you responsible? Like, I like your shadow. I like what? <laughs> she's really reaching. Well, like, you're so ugly. I That's mean, the only thing she could possibly Your shadow say, is the only right? tall dog can hand something about exactly. you. Exactly. Because it's long. You know? Depending on the angle of the sun. Yeah. Okay, we two more, take. and then we're done. Um, African men will date younger, purer women. That is African women. I will. Um, and African women will date wealthier, more powerful men. Now, the degrees of purity and power vary across the social spectrum. Even Kibera has a more powerful man that women like. And even a strip club has a pure woman that men prefer. Mm. What do you think about that particular argument? It's very profound. It's like we're always looking There's for degrees. a younger, ripe woman, while women are always looking for an older, more experienced, rich to man. To a certain extent, because mm-hmm. you can only go so young. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Past 14. Usually 22 seems to be the magic number. <laughs> sure it's not 14? Oh, well, that's not a woman. I'm just joking. Like for a 40-year-old man, 22 would be the magic number. Yeah, definitely. But why though? Why, why 22? Because like a 22-year-old isn't like doesn't look prepubescent. Like she's not like <laughs> a teenager or anything. But at the same time, she's not too old. Like it's just like a nice, comfortable number. And at the same time, she's still figuring herself out. So she's vulnerable. You can manipulate her. You can her manipulate her, as much as her you like. plan in, in thoughts. That's Yo, like a I, huge part of like the I, male psyche when it comes to like flooding. Like. I need to look for that innocent woman I can imprint upon, you know? You know what? We need to put out an ad to do the writers. Because my, my, I have a bunch of uh, bike riders who take me a bunch of different places. Right. So they always t- tell me the crazy stories about these young girls. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, this one I took uh, to this MP's place at 4 a.m. It was raining and it was on a bike, but she had to go because she was, being, she was needed. She was needed to Another satisfy took, some urges. So literally these women get treated like trash. Yeah. Like, the amount of character development that's happening to these young girls is alarming. It's alarming. They should start an NGO. They treat it like shit. <laughs> start an NGO. They treat it like shit out there. So, if you're 23, avoid older men. Like, right. much older men. Like, just, you know you're going to get character developed properly. Right. For those of, of you who are international don't know what character development is, it's not about creating a character in a TV show. It's just building your character It's about all the heartbreaks you pass through yeah. that make you get wiser. Exactly. It's only because like you pass through like a lot of difficult situations. They build situations, character. Like breakups and shit. Yeah, they build character. Okay, last one. So all factors held constant. African single mothers will find it harder to find a partner in the dating scene than African single fathers. A wealthier single mother portends diminished control slash authority for the man. While a poorer single mother portends more burden. So, you know, like they're damned on either extreme, right? Mm. So, do you think it's true that it's just harder for a single mother to find a partner in the dating scene than for a single father to find one? Hmm. I think it's true. I think it's hard for single mothers everywhere. Yeah. Because of the way men think. It's not an African thing. It's not an African thing. It's just the way men think in general. Mm-hmm. They're like... Why should I raise someone else's child? I mean, if they didn't want you, mm-hmm. something's wrong with you, probably. That's what yeah. that's the general thinking. It's weirdly almost like what women do. It's like, for example, if you are always in the company of beautiful women, a woman might grow to like you simply because women have this thing where, like, if they see another woman choosing a man, then they're like, she must have seen something good. So 
you must be a good man and then it, it sparked this competitiveness mm. so i guess it, it there might be something similar in terms of like um like men where if you see a single mother you're like now it's the negative that guy didn't see anything you he left you clearly he wasn't satisfied so why would i yeah. want to be with you you and know it's the kind of like the I same didn't concept sign up for that. like maybe i'm not ready to have kids yet i didn't sign up for that right that's the that's the general thing which is very logical I, I, I think there's also an unfair societal angle to it which mm-hmm. is just basically in society there's a lot more stigma associated with a woman being unable to keep a man than a man being unable to keep a woman. So for a single mother, like we just said, like, oh, you couldn't even keep a man. You just had kids and then the man abandoned you. Mm. So like, and and there's also this weird positivity that we see around single fathers that we almost don't see around single mothers. Like when you see a single father, you really want to emphasize like, oh my God, this guy can cook for his kids and he can like take care of them and stuff. And stuff. But you expect single mothers to be able to do these things, yeah. you know, like cook and clean and all of that because, you know, it's it's expected, you know, it's a womanly thing. But when a single father does it, it's not expected. So there's like, we tend to be more positive about single fathers. And it makes it easier for them to gain mates in the dating market simply because, you know, of that all as well. Mm-hmm. While single mothers, you know, are probably more involved in their families, more boring outside there in public, and just more invested overall in their families, yeah. you know? So yeah, that's... I think it's just it rings true in most most cultures, not just African. Right. Mm. Yeah, I would agree. So I think that's it. I don't know if we should go on. I think it's been like about we are minutes. so fucking keyed. Right yeah, now. yeah. Uh, so it's that been Johnny Walker. What Jack? Daniels Jack Daniels is freaking serious. Yeah, has two two first names, Jack and Daniel. Yeah, it's like Jack or Daniel. Anyways, guys, Jack whatever you're D. doing tonight, do it responsibly. Jack yeah, jack your D. Make sure you protect your D with <laughs> sure condoms. With Durex condoms. Sure. No, sure. Make it as bad as possible. <laughs> protect your dick with free condoms. condoms. That's exactly how it's going to be safe. But using condoms spend you nothing, did not pay for. Spend nothing on that date. Spend nothing on those condoms. Make it cost because effective. at the end of the day, that personal clarity will make you regret you. spending all the money. <laughs> yeah. right, bye, guys. This is Jean. This is Ramsey and this has been Thing Shack. Have a good one, guys. Cheers. Cheers.